0: Welcome to day 13 and chapter 13. Wisdom as you know is a lifelong pursuit. However, one does not become wise automatically but by doing certain things and doing them right. This chapter gives us some very practical counsel on how to be wise. Let's look at them one by one. So look at verse 1. A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. A wise son heeds his father's instruction. What does it mean? To be wise, one must listen to rebuke and one must listen to instruction. Now in life, you will have two types of critiques. One will be destructive and the other will be constructive. The destructive critics are deliberately malicious and they are very hurtful. Their intent, in fact, is to harm you. But the constructive critics are those who will point out your mistakes, which is, of course, going to be painful, but they will also show you when and where and how improvements can be made. The intent behind constructive criticism is to build you up. You see, when I take my son Kevin for his piano classes, his teacher gives him constructive comments and criticisms, whereby he is not exasperated, but rather invigorated to get better at his skills. She shows him when and where and how improvements can be made. So surround yourself with people who can give you constant constructive comments so that you and we will get better with each passing day. I wonder if you can name few of these people in life who can give you honest feedback about you. Another important thing we could do as a Christian is to daily read God's word. For it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3:16 and 17 that all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for instruction, for conviction, and for correction, and for training in righteousness. So that the implications are that the man of God may be so complete, fully equipped for every good work. In fact, I love God's word to act like a mirror to show us when and where and how we can make improvements in life. Someone said, it is not so much about reading God's Word as much as it is about God's Word reading us. It is not so much about reading God's Word as much as it is about God's Word reading us. So surround yourselves with people who will give you constructive feedbacks and surround yourself with God's Word. Second, look at verse 20. It says, walk with the wise and become wise, but associate with the fools and get in trouble. In short, walk with the wise and listen to their conversations. It is so important for us to surround ourselves with people who are wiser than us, better than us and successful than us and allow these people to inspire us. Listen to their conversations, glean from the inside and ask them a lot of questions. In fact, make appointments with some of them and take them out and buy them a cup of coffee and ask them their story, take notes and apply them in your life after all wisdom is knowledge applied isn't it and of course with the internet you can be mentored without even having met some of the best of the people in the world by just listening to their content online so surround yourself with people who are wiser better and successful than us but but now this is a big but i would think if you're insecure and proud you will not you will not seek out for this people. And that's because people who are proud do not like being with people who are better than themselves. So do you want to be wise? Walk with the wise and listen to their conversations. Third verse 24. He who spares his road hates his son, but he who loves his son disciplines him. He who spares his road hates his son, but he who loves his son disciplines him. Now I know some of my western friends will frown at this verse. But there is a kernel of truth in it. In fact, the Roman Catholics have a saying, they say, give us a child until he is seven and we will have him for lifetime, which simply means there are these formational years in the life of a child where they are the most pliable and you can train them. And this is where the issues of the heart and not just the behavior are dealt with. Well, we faced it with both Kevin and Gracie too in our lives as we were raising them up. We decided that whenever their heart issues had to be dealt with, they would get spanking. But whenever I spanked them, I took them inside the room, closed the door, explained to them why they are getting spanked, and held them close to me when they received the spanking so that they would know that I'm not spanking them in anger, but in love. And love demanded that they be corrected. Of course, we then hugged each other and prayed with each other, and we both came out happy out of the room. Let me also say this. When we as parents discipline our children, we follow our Lord's example. In fact, in Revelation chapter 3 and 19, it says, Those whom the Lord loves, he rebukes them. Hebrews 12 5 and 6, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves. But here is the thing we must remember. The purpose of discipline is improvement and not venting of anger. And our utmost desire must be for the welfare of the child. So shall we pray today in the light of what we heard? Help me dear Lord to surround myself with people who would constantly give me constructive feedback about my work, my family and my spiritual walk with you so that I would improve day by day, that each day I will be a better person than the previous day. Would you help me to walk with the wise and not to follow foolish advice? Help me to do what is wise and not just what is easy. When I am around others, give me the strength to learn and apply and also to pass on wisdom to them as well. I also pray that I will not take your discipline lightly because you discipline those whom you love. I also will not refrain, O Lord, from disciplining my children in love, seeking their utmost welfare. This I ask. In your Son and my Lord's name. Amen.